Whoa, you're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcast Matrix. What is the podcastmatrix.com? Ready to conceive solutions to problems in an atmosphere free of political correctness? Find a new sense of purpose at wadesense.com. That's wadesense.com. Welcome, everyone, to Wade Sense the Podcast. I am your host, Wade B. Olson, the Sage of St. Louis. Across me sits the ever-irascible, ever-inspirational Mr. Mike Wilkerson, the technical savior of this program. How are you, sir? It's good to be the technical savior and to be across from you tonight, Wade. Thanks. I asked myself a question, but before I got to the question, a story popped up that I really wanted to share because I'm sure you probably have actually thought of this, but me not being technical... And actually, my kids just being all born underneath, basically, where... Let me ask you a question, because mm-hmm. I don't know. Sure. How old are emails? How old is email? The technology. Let's take a look. You don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's the 60s, but I could be wrong. Email? Really? That sure. old? Uh-huh. Okay, uh, readily available to the public. Because I just remember it starting to see .com in commercials around 92, 93. Isn't that essentially when the internet kind of grew up? Wednesday, June 8th, 1971 is the very first, quote, email. Okay. All right. So obviously not for the public just yet. I heard this story, and I thought that this was touching and really smart. Mm -hmm. It was a gentleman that, when his child was born, created an email address for his newborn son. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea was is that as the child was growing, anything that was of noteworthy that happened in the child's life, he would put in this email address. And then when the child turned 18... He would give the child the the the, the password, the mm-hmm. passcode, and sure. I just I, I loved the idea. I thought that it was so sweet that he was creating this 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 ongoing memorabilia time capsule. I guess it wouldn't be a time capsule. What would it be? Just I guess a record of life, a record of the beginning, of the first sure. eighteen years. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, I just I thought a it was life a, note, perhaps oh, yeah, a life note, okay. life note in a bottle, something <laughs> like that. I don't know what else to call it. When I saw the story, I asked the question myself, why exactly am I doing this, this mm-hmm. this podcast? Why are we doing this? Oh, sure. And there are obvious answers, the obvious being that we are, I mean, I'm trying to advance my career. The, the other obvious answer is that I'm creating, at least for myself anyway, a, a catalog for my kids when I'm gone. Sure. So Living legacy the, is yeah, what you're looking for. Exactly. Yep. This is the thing that I'm passing Cap- on to them. Captured perspective is what podcasting is all about, regardless of really who's doing it but that is a concept that is lost in a lot of people it's yeah. not just you yucking up in front of a microphone it's the encapsulation of you right and your thoughts and what you think is cogent at this point in time it's being captured and then saved off for anybody that might listen to it now or when you're gone yes right exactly. without question it's it's the whole reason behind my dad's podcast, Fast Freddy's Castle of Common Sense. Right, which I've listened to as well, and mm-hmm. I thought that was just so cool that yeah. you got that, because I don't have that for my dad. Right, right. I started thinking of what was the purpose of the program, what was the, the mission, for lack of a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's to create a paradigm shift in the way that people think. And I've, I've brought that up before. So the definition for paradigm is a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important because so many people look at a problem and only look at it one way and only come up with the assumption that this is the only way to solve it. Right. And any more, more and more today, people are being 
their, their thought process is being stopped by emotion. Logic is not being allowed to run its full course. And I really want our program to be about changing the way that people look and think about things about solving mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So I, I would say that's a piece of every podcast I try to jump into is that nobody is going to think exactly the way I either want them to or the same as I do. But I always hope to bring at least one light bulb moment to anybody that's listening about anything that I'm talking about, whether it's something we talk about inside of your program, which is much more life, culture, maybe even slipping into politics mm-hmm. base. Right. Versus what someone else knows and thinks and or holds an endearment or as law, I just I want them to just think maybe a, a tiny little what if moment right. inside their brain, even if they go, you know, that's a very interesting concept and I don't agree. Well, hey, at least now you've heard what mine is and we can move forward. Right. That, that's always been the goal of anything that we're doing podcasting wise. Like you just didn't run into this mental wall and it's like, nope, I'm not going any farther than this. Mm-hmm. This is a way that I think. As opposed to, like you said, looking at it differently yeah. and go, I didn't even think to look yeah. at it that way. Just open up your mind just a little bit. Yeah. That's why I like to say that our program is thought-provoking. I'm not even asking people to open their mind. I just want you to listen for a few minutes. Isn't but, that part of the process? Though? No, I don't think so. The, the concept is that uh, there's a lot of people under the impression that to even hear and or listen to the other side, you have to somehow change your viewpoint for a period of time. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't. Human beings in particular have the ability to know more than one way to do something. Yeah. And it's a matter of tolerance of whether or not you're going to bother to listen, if you're going to take in anything. But more importantly, if you're going to learn from anything that you hear, even if it helps solidify your position, well, you've learned something. That's the whole point. The worst discussion is no discussion. And I've always believed that. I I, I think it, it helps to give me the gift of gab. And it helps people to wish Mike would shut up sometimes. (laughs) But I'd rather have the conversation. I'd I'd rather have the conversation where you and I, we hash together whatever's sitting in the center of the table. Mm -hmm. And we now have a clear understanding of exactly what is sitting on the table in front of us. We don't have to wonder. And you know what? If we do wonder or we, you know, we push the whatever's in the center of the table in one direction or the other. Right. Well, we can then ask each other again. What about this, though? Yeah. And then we can have another conversation that moves the whatever's sitting in the middle of the table in another direction. And it doesn't mean I hate you. No, not at all. It doesn't mean that whatever you're saying is offends me. It means I've now learned some other perspective that I wasn't educated about when we started. Exactly. And that's that's what I try so hard to do when I talk about the program when when I'm working is I'm handing out cards. It's like it'll give you a chance to look at something different. If you like my conversation, you will love the podcast because yeah. it's all about provoking thoughts. Yeah. And today's topic could not be more in that wheelhouse. Like we said, we, we want to be something that is constantly relevant as opposed to topical. Today it is both. We are back once again to gun control. Mm-hmm. Who do you blame? The gun or the hand holding it? Right. People today automatically, so many want to just immediately blame the gun. But once again, logic is not being used. And the logic in this particular case is that guns have always been around. I mean, in my own personal life, I'm 53. I was in school in the 80s in an area where there was a lot of hunters. A lot of the kids that I went to school with hunted. Right out in the parking lot, in virtually most of their trucks were racks that had rifles in them. Mm -hmm. School shooting was never an issue. And except for very, very few instances, it never has been an issue. Mm -hmm. So what you have to ask yourself is, if that's the case, what's the problem? What's different this time around? It's a number of things. 
the first thing that I blame, honestly, is 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 kids being overly medicated. I don't. You really don't. I, I, it's definitively one of the markers and the things that we're going to talk about, but it's not the most important one. What is the most important one? The most important one is the value of life. Mm. Okay, because now what caused you, that diminishment then? Well, it's it's a matter of walking up to somebody and uh, you accidentally bumping in and them saying, oh, I'm very sorry. I didn't I didn't even see you. Right. Or I'm blind in one eye. I'm very sorry. Right. Or, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to trip you. Or, right. oh, no, after you, please. Right, exactly. Or even just holding a door and saying nothing and smiling. Right. I'm not talking about courtesy and I'm not talking about being chivalrous. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about being kind at all. And in being kind, having a value of someone else's life, regardless of who and what they are. Right. The piece of the recipe inside of the mixing pot of life mm-hmm. is literally not giving value to someone else's perspective. Okay. Whether it's something as simple as you're thinking about someone else that you know or you're standing in front of that person that you know. Right. And not at all thinking about what they're thinking or caring about or if you do something. I, I don't want people to become overly scared that they're going to ooh, offend somebody. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about fundamental human beingness. Right. You know? Uh, and that I think that that has gone out the window. And I think that's because, and I know you're not going to like my assumption on this one, but I think it's got a lot to do with God being taken out of the schools, which is where it was being taught, either taught that or in the home. But either way, between the church dying off and it not being officially recognized, You've got people that are growing up and their moral compass is spinning. There's there's absolutely nothing yeah. pointing in a direction that's good yeah. or bad, no, right I, or I, wrong. I will agree with that. Okay. I will agree with that. I think, uh, and again, I, it's why I like listening to our program and I listen to it. Yeah. it the, the fundamentals of building character and right and wrong mm-hmm. can be based on a great many things as yeah. opposed to only being based on do you believe in God or not. Right. And so I agree but with But it you. was the building block in our society. It's, it's unavoidable. D- didn't build me, and I'm a great guy. You are a great guy. But there's, here's the thing. It's, it's like I always talk about, Mike. There's, there's exception versus the rule. Sure. You know, it's, it's like my wife always says, well, I'm not that way. And I keep telling her, baby, you are the exception. You're not the rule. Sure. Whenever, I, whenever we do our program, I'm always trying to get that across and think in those lights that it's not the one person that gets it right. It's, it's talking to the millions and changing their mind to start, mm-hmm. like I said, to create the paradigm shift going in a different direction. I see what you're what you're saying. It's you um, want to create a paradigm shift. I want to create options that in- inevitably feel more positive. We've, okay, we've talked about a gentleman named Jocko Willink. From, yes, uh, just watched him the other day. Four or five different podcasts we've mentioned him at least. Mm-hmm. Jocko is not everybody's favorite brand of ice cream. Like, no. not by a stretch. No. There's many people that would be instantly turned off by him. Right. Not just because he's former military, not because it's he is- This is no nonsense it, manner. He, he's very grind on you. There's just and, no toleration of BS. Right. And, and he's made that a piece of his way of life. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he doesn't care what other people think. He just knows that what he what he does and provides is impactful. And what does happen in and around him and the people that he hangs with- based on the things that he does and affects, are good. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. That's kind of the way I want, I always want people to accidentally find us. I want them to grab a nugget that they'll latch on to. Mine happened with Jocko. Mine happened to be, hey, he also gets up at the crack of dawn. 
that was the thing that, that, that oh yeah wow that's yeah. just I, so the, uh, every every hmm. not every single day but just about every single day the first image inside of his twitter and or uh instagram stuff is his watch at it's usually 425 434 those numbers just takes a quick snapshot right. of it and puts it on yeah. twitter yeah okay and like his the, all he types in is get some or right. something else that's a, that's where you pick effective. that up every time i see that on facebook yeah, or on instagram it. yeah, yeah getting, getting after, after it. it gotcha and uh, there's no doubt about that and that's what i instantly glommed on to and i'm uh-huh. like see i'm not an idiot i've been doing something right for as long as i can remember out of college <laughs> and and that's what i mean is that you I don't fundamentally believe every single thing that Jocko Willink thinks. No. But there's a piece of the machine that both he and I share right. that I can revel in and then start taking in some more of the chess pieces that he presents I to would, see if I also appreciate that. I would That's love I, to know his perspective on what we're talking about right now, what he thinks. He has a couple of books that are based for kids. Okay. He literally wrote a couple of books that oh. are specifically for children. Did you get them? No, I, I, I haven't because I, I don't know that my daughter would bother to read them. Could you read them to her? Oh, sure. And it's not a matter of the skill set of reading. I just, I don't no, no, no. I'm just wondering, like, maybe that'd be like a, a father daughter sharing moment where it, you'd be it able might to get be the my, lessons across better. It might be at 15, she kind of knows everything already. So, <laughs> no, really? <laughs> so, I'm not, I don't remember that mentality yeah, at all. I'm not entirely sure that that would take. But the, 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 the bottom line, though, is that I don't know his perspective on what exactly we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But when he takes the time and effort and money to build two brands based on children specifically so that they too can learn the way of the warrior right the way of the warrior kid if i'm okay. not mistaken is the name of the at least one of the books and then he's i think the newer he's got a newer one that's either out or coming out okay anyway the the he knows that it has to start young also uh he also knows that he was a wayward youth as much order as there is inside of his life quote unquote there was not much order inside of young Jocko Willink's life. And yeah, that but was don't the whole you, point. Don't you love the idea of what his idea of rebelling was, was to join the service oh, in yeah. early age? That's his idea of Commando, rebelling. Commando, dude. Yeah, that, wow. Bottom line, his career move was wow. from the time he was like six, I'm yeah. going to be a commando, period. Yeah, Done. Just, just born that way. And, just and, and it shows. It, alpha it male shows, out the gate. Yeah, it, yeah. it shows he makes the impact and he he carves a path you can choose to follow the path or not doesn't make any difference yeah. but here it is and it's you know it's it's cavernous it's if you just dip your foot into what he thinks and feels right there's a lot of depth to what people would think oh he's just a jarhead he doesn't know what he's doing Oh, uh, he was just a. He's just. He the, certainly looks at. Just but, but you start listening to him talk, and it's like this guy's really smart and, and yeah. shrewd, intuitive. Yeah, yeah. And well, the neat part is that if if he doesn't want to ooze that, oh, he can ooze that too. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I that's what I love about him is yeah. that there's there's so many different facets of Jocko Willink to latch onto and and gl- not only glean something from, but to use as a building block inside something else that you are doing. Right. Yeah. 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 If you're going to carry this to extremes, which honestly there are a lot in the left that want to do that and basically want to strip away our ability to arm ourselves because in in their minds it's 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 the most safest path. But you can look around. You can look around today and see an example that is crystal clear that that is not the case. Right now in England, London is the murder capital of the world. Mm-hmm. It's all knives. There are no guns that are involved. Sure. And now the London government police, uh, whatever, 
are going the opposite direction, and they're going so far as to say that people can't walk around with screwdrivers and mm-hmm. scissors, basically anything you can impale somebody with, even if it is something that you use for your job. Matter of fact, you've got to prove that you have it for that good reason. Mm-hmm. And because they're worried about upsetting the main problem, which are Islamic jihadists, it's now a police state. People are being arrested for looking oh. at things online. Right. The other thing you have to remember, too, is that the faster you begin to outlaw things, I'd like to know when they're going to outlaw Vehicles. Exactly. Because vehicles are the next big murder implement lately. And, you know, it's, is it a matter of time? Because if it's a matter of time, someone wasn't watching what's going to happen there over a period of evolution with the concept of, that's all right, we'll just forbid it. Right. You can't do that forever. It's not sustainable. No, you ever. can't. Like, it's like, <laughs> and here, I mean, we've proven it in the states. In the cities that have the, the most strictest gun control, they have the highest murder rates. Mm-hmm. Because why people? Criminals aren't pay attention to laws. They don't. The last few mass shooters, they broke virtually um, all of the laws. So it's like that's well, the, not the, the case. Uh, the bottom line is that they were able to get one. Right. It it doesn't make it doesn't matter which piece of the scab of either side gets picked off of what we're talking about. Legally or illegally, the, they're right. going to get them. The bottom line is that there was a gun in their hand and nothing good happened. From right. It. Right. And rather than trying to break that down as to how. Not how it can be fixed, but how it can be prevented. That's never what the focus is. Yeah. And like I said, that's why we why I immediately launched, and I think one of the biggest problems, because it all starts in school. It all starts with the youth. And I think so much of that is it's a multifaceted puzzle. I think that uh, social media and the isolation and the, the, the bullying online that comes from it is just making school shooters left and right. We just mm-hmm. don't know yet. Yeah. These kids are medicated as well, so they're zombified. They're not feeling thing with one another. A lot of, and, and I know that there'll be poop, people going poo poo on this on, on the whole violent video games, but I mean, they've proven that your brain, after a while, doesn't know the difference. It's a piece it of it. It doesn't it's, have, it, it can't distinguish between real violence and fake violence. It's definitively so all of a piece it is of coming it. together. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitively a piece of it. Having having been, and I still am, I'm a, I'm a first person shooter gamer right. guy. I would I, be if I was any good at it, probably. I, I, I enjoy them. I am not the best. All and right. I don't understand the skill set trees, and so I get my ass handed to me by an eight-year-old if I choose to play them. <laughs> but lots of people enjoy playing soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's go be on a squad of people making sure that we don't get murdered before we murder the other people. That just... sounds like a great game. It's a game. It is a game. And And the unfortunate reality is that the people that can't separate themselves from what they're seeing as a game right and taking in the abilities to just walk up to somebody and shoot them in the face right when that line begins to blur especially if you've never had any guidance to know that that is not a good thing to do the line blurs and that that it's a lot of what we're talking about it's it's definitively not a reason but it is it definitely right. fosters if all, along if all the, of the pieces thought. are coming together then yeah. you need to look at it and solve this because mm-hmm. Pandora's box is wide open, and you're not putting the guns back in. Right. And it, it, you're never ever if, you, if it ever actually comes to a point in this country where it's flat out gun confiscation, that will be the start of the civil war, guaranteed. No yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. It'll I, be bloody, and it I, won't. I go don't well. even know how that's a concept at this point. I, I don't. I don't understand. Might because it's happened. It, it has happened in the past when people gave eno- away enough rights. Now we have had the bedrock of the Second Amendment and a population that is heavily armed to begin with, but. So many people have lost sight of why is it that we've got it. So many people are completely in the dark as to how the Second Amendment even came around, and they don't understand that we left a totalit- we left the strongest, most totalitarian government on the planet at the time that we formed our country. 
The First Amendment was being able to, to, to say anything without fear of repercussion, which wasn't the case in England. And the second was to back it up. The Second Amendment was not about you being able to hunt. That was a given. The Second Amendment wasn't about you being able to protect yourself and your property. That was a given. The Second Amendment was all about you being able to protect yourself from the government. From the very beginning, our founders said government is a necessary evil and the less of it, the better. Mm -hmm. And people have lost, so many people have lost sight of it. It doesn't help that they're, that they're not teaching that. It's just this, this, this feel-good leftist nonsense that it's like, well, you don't need guns. The police will take care of it. I was just talking to, to a, a friend of mine, a sweet guy, pretty lefty, and he could not get that. I, I told him, I said, Mike, I said, look at it like this. There's this 80-year-old guy in his house, and he is sitting there by himself, and some guy comes in through the window. Okay, if that guy doesn't have a gun, it doesn't matter what that young guy has. He's toast. Handguns are equalizers in this country. Well, guns are equalizers in this country. In this case, it's for you against your government. Everything in this country that is of value has an armed guard behind it. It absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. And I do see there are various states where they are allowing teachers, and some teachers are clamoring to be able to arm themselves. There are now more armed guards in schools, but there's still way too many areas where it just flat out says no guns allowed. And I immediately, when I started writing down the show, I was remembering, you remember Luby's Cafeteria in Texas? No. Luby's Cafeteria in Texas, 19... I believe it was 1991. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy crashed in through his truck. He was just a complete loser, loner, living in his mom's basement, uh, hated minorities, hated women, j just scum. Crashes in. They've got their sign up. No guns allowed. This woman, and she testified later, she was a doctor, uh, Dr. Susan Graf Hupp. She was a survivor of the 1991 Luber's Massacre where 23 people were killed, 27 were injured. This guy just walked in after he got out of his truck and just started popping people left and right. Sure. She saw her father get shot, and she goes to reach into her purse, which is where her gun would have been. But it was back in the car, locked up in the glove box. Mm -hmm. And she watched her mother take the shooter's gun and just put it on her forehead. She wasn't going anywhere. Her, her, her husband had just been shot. Sure. If that woman had been armed, it would have, could have been a completely different story. There are so many places now where you'll hear stories. They, they'll pop up occasionally where somebody defended, and we've talked about this, like a whole restaurant. Like, it's never going to happen with you. I mean, if you're there and someone walks in causing problems, they're dead. And thank God for people like you. There, there's a there's a concept. And, and I'm not I, saying that to kiss your ass. No, no. <laughs> I, I get it. The, there's a concept of being a sheepdog. Mm-hmm. And the wolves. And it, it's way more than just, and because I have a gun, I am a sheepdog. That's not what it's about. It, even even if I happen to not be armed, I'm still a sheepdog. Mm -hmm. And it's because I'll walk into, let's let's use your sample as a restaurant. Right. When I walk into a restaurant, I don't not only identify what delicious sandwich I'm going to be imbibing. I also look around the room mm -hmm. and I go, who is it that I'm going to also have as a compatriot? Inside this room. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. And it's not that we can recognize each other. It's amazing. We can we can recognize the stripe of another man's no, soul. but you might get a vibe, though. You absolutely will. There's no question. And that I always do that. And it's not me looking for the bad guy. It's me looking for kindred spirits. Right. So that I know if there's someone that I, I identify inside of a room that just gives me the waft of someone I know I want to be standing next to if it all goes sideways or mm -hmm. where I need to be going right. inside of a restaurant if right. things go sideways. 
that's a piece of the sheepdog concept. Okay. And that's and, a good thing. That's a great thing. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And also because it, it allows you to get a better grip on the reality you're actually living in. Mm-hmm. The, the sample is in the room that we're in right now. There is essentially one door in and one door out. Yes. And so if in the facility that we're in, I know that if the door happens to open behind us and I'm not expecting it and I didn't unlock the door, mm-hmm. nothing good's going to happen to anybody coming through that door unless they announce themselves. Right. Okay. And it, it's the same thing leaving in the in the evening. I know that there's no one else that knows I'm here when I leave because I don't announce when I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So if I see somebody standing around congregating in the middle of the night where there's no lights and I'm just leaving, yeah. well, instantly the guard goes up. Does that mean I'm paranoid? No. No. It means I'm being self-aware. Right. And the, the self-awareness part is, I think, the most important part of being a sheepdog. It's it's not about how, what how big is the gun that you're carrying and how many bad guys will you mow down when everything goes sideways. Right. That's not what it's about. It's about being self-aware. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to look at a situation and... and if you needed to present yourself, yes, but just to look and be able to analyze the situation, that's the most important part of sheepdog feel that I think people should get from it. Right. And Even if you're not carrying, it always makes sense to know and look around you and just try and think outside of the box. The, the sample is the people in that where that lady did not have her handgun in her purse. Yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. What options have you got? And that's what I'm saying. It's funny that you brought this up. I'm not sure if we meant to go this direction, but there's a video that I'll find on YouTube again. It's in my history. Okay. And inside the video on YouTube, there is an entire school where one thing is taught. The bad guys are coming and you can either die or you can live. And everybody in the school is taught to live by... Everyone from the principal to the principal's wife, who mm-hmm. I think is probably either a vice principal or somewhere in the same chain. This is an actual school somewhere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a new life, new life something. And it is a, it's a school from, I think it was kindergarten to 12th grade or maybe 6th grade to 12th grade, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because every single age of child there from what looked like a four-year-old all the way up to someone that. I would identify as an adult, much right. less they're 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 in their junior or senior year of high school. Uh, but every single one of them has a role inside of the school if everything goes sideways. It's not if the student is going to have a role, it's what role they have. And it's because everybody in the school will live, period, paragraph. And that's fantastic. And, and that, that needs to be emulated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I really enjoyed was they had a they had a couple of people that were in opposition that came in there to visit to try and not calm the waters and not not try and skew the safety factor, but to give another representation, another perspective inside of what's going on. And okay. I don't disagree with that. Right. But when I they're right. It is, absolutely. But when I see someone that is in charge of it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the it wasn't the largest school of education union, I've forgotten the name of the biggest one. Okay. But she was a piece of one of the li- the lower adjunct ones. Mm-hmm. And she went in there and she says, you know, it's not reasonable for us to be teaching children how to emulate the moves of military and police officers. I thought to myself, that's incredibly straightforward advice. Right. The problem is that, and your kid's in the school, and so you're telling me that the kid should just shudder and cover their eyes and hope that everything's going to work? Because I'll tell you what, I want my kid. That's the sheep mentality. I, I I want my kid to be the one that is grabbing a leg of whomever is holding the gun while 
eight other kids, and they practice this. They showed this. Mm-hmm. Are literally latched on to either an arm or they, they've taught them how to recognize the trigger. Wow. And where to point the muzzle of the gun and to get the gun away from the bad guy and then mm-hmm. just swarm him. Right. Because if you have, even if it's 30 kids on top of you, sorry. Yeah, you're toast. It doesn't matter how tiny they are. It's Then it's just a matter of people, uh, the right size, getting to the adult and or the weapon or uh, someone that is armed because there's also people that are armed inside the school as well. And I, I, where I was going with all this, the, the piece that struck me the most was inside of this drill that they had, mm-hmm. they had a, uh, uh, one of the administrators is a very tall black man. Right. And he had what looked like a dark purple, uh, looked like an M16, not, right. not, not nearly as uh, newfangled as an AR. Right. L- looked like a, a, a dark purple or plastic uh, gun it looked it looked real except that it was looked like it had been spray painted right and what he literally does is there's two things this is the first one mm-hmm. uh, he walks into a room he raises the rifle and he goes bang 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 and every time he says the word bang is when somebody is dying there's a bullet coming out of the gun going into somebody and they will probably die right right and the that's the that's the tiktok clock for the people to engage and watching the students engage, and, and in this case, especially with the larger guy, right. it was all larger students who have been designated as the school's warriors. Cool. And I'm like, yeah, how, how, <laughs> how, how is this not becoming a piece of the fabric? Because let, let's, say, let's say there's 10% of, I think they designated them in teams of 10 or 12. Right. And let's say that the team of 10 or 12, only 50% of them choose to go into the military or into law enforcement. Yes, that's what we need to be creating. Why exactly. are we not creating that? That's what I've said for the longest time. It makes so much sense, to, to, and I know a lot of people will be against this. I see. I would love to have the draft brought back. I think that would be such a, a, a great starting point to actually make this country great again. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm not a big draft fan, mostly because there are people that are just not built. Well, no, no. It. I mean, I've, I've, I've so, thought about the, I've thought about this completely. Let me, sure. let me just yeah, take two ahead. seconds to get this out. Go ahead. Okay, here's the idea. Uh, every man or woman gets drafted at 18, does two years. Okay, everybody goes through basic. Now after basic is when you can decide whether you want to be in the active military or not. Other than that, if you don't want to be in the active military for the rest of the time that you're in, you're someplace pushing a broom or building something or helping something, but everybody has gone through basic. Now, if you decide that you absolutely positively don't want to be in the military, fine, not a problem. Then what you do is you just sign this waiver and it says that I will never hold office or I will never vote because you don't have skin in the game. It's just like if you were living in somebody's house and you weren't bothering to help with bills or anything like that, but you were trying to decide uh, what people were eating or whatever was else was going on in the house. You don't have a right. You, you, you're not shipping out. This is how you keep the volunteer military happy is that after that six months, after someone's gone through basic and they decide they want to be a part of the active military, then they go in front of a board of combat veterans and they decide on a case-by-case basis whether somebody somebody is worthy or not to join the active military. Interesting. That's I, how you keep them happy. Because that was the complaint in Vietnam was that they had people that were in there because of the draft and they just they did not want to fight and they, they didn't fight. Right. I, I just know that especially inside of – just what listening to a bunch of Jocko stuff, and mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's only done a couple hundred podcasts total, and all of them are not war and military based. But right. Just having listened to them and glossing across people, 
the evolution of somebody that is in the military is often very stark, mm-hmm. I, meaning that you start as one thing and when you finally do get to the end or you get to the not adjournment, but you get to a midpoint in your career, right. you are you literally are somebody different. And so being able to judge someone even early, I, th- I think that's a little bit of a. It's a little bit of a tall tale painting. Maybe it is. Because there, let's say it's a, just picking numbers. If it's a board of 12 vets that are in every span of career, I understand that having that span and that breadth of experience and learning and talking and having somebody answer questions, you might be able to gauge something, but could it be that black and white that you're looking for, for the green light to get in? I don't think so. Because I'm I'm one of them. I remember I'm, I didn't test very well at all, especially when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, my testing skills got much better as I got in through high school, which is very strange. Yeah. So I would have been the perfect sample where, okay, you're not getting in. Sorry. You're and not getting into basic or you're not getting into the active military? Active military because I, w- I, I, pr- I most likely would not have tested well. And yeah, there would probably there would hopefully in this idea there would be some type of a process leading up to that. It's like okay, yeah. you're not you're not in, obviously in yeah. combat, but you can do things. Maybe there are war games. Maybe there are things there, that you there, can there's do. A, there's a there's a there's a program that can be built to do all of that. I, I totally agree with you. Exactly, exactly. I, I just know that some people not only are not built for the military, right? They're not built for what I will detail is incredible structure that isn't sustainable for many people that I know. Right. I mean, like just at all. So like you decide that you absolutely don't want to be a part of it, that you don't want to, you don't want to go through basic, that you have no desire whatsoever to be in the military. Then all you do is you just sign this waiver that says, I will not hold office and I will not vote. I think that's probably a good call of the audience early in this episode. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I would love to I, hear because I know that it sounds taxi! really, really uh, kind of outrageous on the surface. Just because you don't want to serve should not then mean you have absolutely no opinion or value to offer to society. Well, that's why that. that's why I offered the, the microcosm. So people, when you call in, stop and think about it. Just look at it just from your household perspectives. Not your country, but just your household. Would you let somebody decide the fares of the house if they weren't working and paying bills and helping out? It, look at it exactly like that because – it, it, you take it from that to the macrocosm of of voting and holding office. So, yeah, we would lo- really love to hear. Go on over to wadesense.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page. Fill out that quick web form and tell us whether Wade's wrong or Wade's wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be right in there somewhere. I know someone's going to think I'm right. This is how I propose to solve the problem. I've listed a couple of solutions that I, that I would love to have integrated into this. Armed guards in every school, I did talk about that. I do believe that we should pick veterans. I think that veterans would be the most obvious choice. They have had uh, combat experience, a lot of them. Uh, They've all had weapons training, and these are people that would take that mission with honor. So I think that that would be a good choice. Also, arming the teachers if it's something that they want to be a part of the program as well. I think think introducing the specter, and I do mean that, the specter of that our teachers are armed. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when someone goes, wait a minute, you're telling me that every single teacher here in school has a gun under their under their under their jacket? No, and you just leave it at that. You don't jack in to tell them anything else. You just go, there are armed instructors on this facility. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen the signs that they and use on move them. Along. And they're, they're they're absolutely they're no right. nonsense. The, well, to go back to this video, and I can't wait for everybody to come and watch this video. I can't wait to they're yeah they they actually pan through a wall it reminded me of the former studio that we had too because it had I had every single talent that we had on the network uh-huh. in, on the wall right 
they walk in through this hallway and in the hallway are staff photos up and down the wall. Uh-huh. And that's essentially what the guy goes. He goes, okay, so what you're telling me is that every single one of these teachers has a gun. And she says, well, no. And you can see her pause for a moment where she probably knew she should have just said no. And that was it mm-hmm. because now you've initiated the specter that I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. If, if all she had said was no, the answer mm-hmm. to his question is, no, not everyone has a gun. Yeah. But you don't know how many. And right. what she unfortunately followed up with, yes, was currently there are four instructors that are armed. Now, obviously, there's a wall of people. Right. So you still don't know which ones. Right. That's not the point, though. Right. No, the point is- The point, is, though, is, is that- if, if you have a staff of, I don't know how many they had, let's just say 30. You had a staff of 30, and you go, the instructors in this school are armed. Mm-hmm. And the answer to the question is, so you're telling me every single one of the teachers carries a gun? No. <laughs> and leave and it that's that. it. That's all it has to be. That. Yep. There, there is absolutely no requirement for anybody to go, even if with a follow-up question, well, how many have guns? Uh, sorry, that's something we don't divulge here. Right. And, and why should you? move you? along, right. And why should you? Right. There, there's a, there, like I've always told my kids, play your cards close to your chest. No one needs to know what's going on in your head. Right. There, there's, there's a sense of safety in that not knowing instantly becomes a preventative measure. Yeah. And it, it's, it's definitively one of the concepts that is forgotten when people start talking about conceal and carry. I'll give you a perfect example. The town that I live in, there's a cop car that's parked right off of the main drag, <laughs> sits there all the time. And if you slow down enough, you will see the yeah, there's no cop in there. But you gotta slow down to do it. Too. Oh yeah. You well, know? there's even there's communities where they actually have just the outlines of cars that are made out of fiberglass. Wow. They're not actually vehicles. Okay. They're they're a half of a car <laughs> that's made out of fiberglass. If it works, and that's it just, all that matters. Right. If it just slows down people enough I, to. I, I think the ones that I've read about are uh, specifically. Tourist communities. And what they do is on the overpass facing in both directions, they'll put half a fiberglass police car. Perfect. And Who's going to know? Well, anybody in the town might know. Well, yeah. But the people passing through the town, they're Not, going to slow down. Exactly. And that's all that you want to speed up, and then they'll get the hell out of your town faster. <laughs> two sides of the coin. Yeah. The two sides of the coin that traditionally are the, are the positive ones are the ones that are missing in regard to just about every single gun argument, which is frustrating totally. Yeah. Now, this, once again, might be controversial as well, but I don't believe so because it used to be something that we did. Sure. Class is starting as early as sixth grade on guns and gun safety and just exactly why we have the Second Amendment. I think it is so important, like I said, to get that history out for those both then and now. I'd make, the, I'd, I'd make this mandatory. The history lesson, if not the actual physical participation of the gun handling. So it's like if you sign a paper saying, I don't want my kid handling guns, Fine. Not a problem. They do not have to handle the guns, but they are going to learn why the Second Amendment is so important. Maybe you even wanted to attend with them and, and find out yourself. Right. And and the gun safety, because it's it's the kids, that the people that actually train on guns are not going to be the ones that accidentally shoot themselves or somebody else. Right. The, the core concepts of gun safety, they are core concepts of anything dangerous. Yeah. And that's... If there was a piece of knowledge I'd want to spill onto a parent, especially the one signing that paper Mm -hmm. that waves their child's participation inside of anything that has the word gun in it. Yeah. Is that. Well, no, they still have to get. They just. They they don't have to handle the gun. That's the whole idea. Well, I I don't foresee that. I don't foresee that there would be any kid that would. What what would happen is there'd be kids or parents that would want the. 
to not only make sure that they don't handle the gun that is a piece of plastic mm-hmm. shaped like a gun or what, however they're going to use it. Right. But they will also make sure that the student is not in the room. I guarantee it. There's oh, no well, way. Yeah. You're, you're definitely going to have beta parents like that. It's right. Gonna happen. And, and the, that's a huge problem because what instantly happens there is you're now mystifying the concept of not only guns in general, right. but gun handling. Yeah. It's the core argument of everything gun control. You and I espoused it inside of our last episode, which right. is if I withdraw a gun and put it on the center of the table, not pointing at either of you, at right. either of us, by the way. Right. But if I put it on the table, we can watch it for millennia it's and watch it not dust. murder anybody it, at all on its, its own. It's just going to gather dust. Right. And that's what I don't understand that people don't understand is that if you don't ever learn how to handle it, it doesn't mean you have to be... Uh, turn into somebody that's proficient with a weapon. Right. Uh, because you carry it does not then meaneth you become dirty Harrieth. Right. It means that you are familiar at all with guns or not. And if you have the opportunity, you should definitively know at least the core safety concepts of handling a handgun. That's one of the things I wish that NRA would the, the NRA would do, especially when they were so being attacked by uh, the left media, was just put it flat out there. We're not the ones that are shooting people. We're the ones that have the strongest safety record. Yeah. Period. Check it out. Now, look, education rules. Yeah. Uh, ignorance kills. Yes, exactly. And it, it, it's that that unfortunately is a factoid of education that will never change. If you're if you surely want more people to die, make sure you don't educate them because more people will die. It's guaranteed. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Third thing is bring back recess. Mm-hmm. And I do mean for all grades, like right up into high school, get out of class, go get some fresh air, get some kind of activity. Mm-hmm. We all have energy, but especially kids, to run it off. It is insane that recess is disappearing across the land from so many schools. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that the playgrounds are little more than just... They're bumper pool at this point. Yeah, they're, pretty much. They're, they're there's, there's, you're not getting hurt worthless. on there. Right. Not only that, they're worthless. I'm not looking for anybody to become the next Mary Lou Retton off of a high bar someplace inside right. of a playground. But just, looking... you can't even swing any decent no, distance. It, the, the, the slides the, are a joke. Everything the, is just low to the ground. The word obstacle course doth not apply anymore to anything. Oh, hell no. Absolutely at all. not. Uh, the, the, I mean, you should have decent monkey bars, really. Yeah, there's a local mall where originally it was a very cool indoor playground. That has now become nothing more than, I, I'll use it again, it's, it's a, essentially a a medium adult bumper pool area where you walk around and you'll never hurt yourself unless you like take a face dive into the, the bumper pool standees that are around. There's no bars. There's no slide. There's nothing. It looks like, it looks like a, a pit of plastic mushrooms and that's it. That's all you get anymore. And I, that it's, no, and it, it, it's, it's the not, danger it's not is the gone. Core. There needs to be a little bit of danger. You need to have the chance of hurting yourself. And for God's sakes, please work off the energy. And it's insane to try and, and medicate these kids into just being uh, just soft, sit in a chair, watch TV, play a video game zombie. You're, you're, you're not you're, you're not doing anything. We are meant, especially boys, are meant to run off that energy. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I mean, and, and I, I want them brought back. It's like. Bring back battle ball and tether ball. There's not a tether ball course left in this in, in this country, and that's absolutely insane. It's like, yeah, sometimes you did get hit in the face, but you know what? I don't remember anybody calling an ambulance or getting a split lip or anything like that. And, and that was right up into, I believe, junior high. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bring that back. This is where I think we can truly 
make a dent in the problem, especially the isolation. Let's strongly encourage actual physical kids teen clubs. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, whether it's 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 a book club, whether it's sports, whether it's tiddlywings, whatever the hell it is, get out together, get face to face and actually find out what it's like to have real friendships, not online ones. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that really has got to be brought back. These these it's got to be a strong factor in, in, in growing a shooter that they don't know how to interact on a, on a face-to-face level or they've, they've isolated themselves uh, with another human being. So I think that's something that we can strongly encourage. There's something else to that too. And it's, it's essentially peer mirroring or peer programs at all, where you can have what amounts to the growing quote, best of the best help showcase some of that life behavior that you and I were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, Yeah, where they're actually showcasing the care and attentiveness that is unfortunately just missing in a lot of people, mostly because they don't either get it from home or they just, there's a reason that they can't develop it on their own. The peer mirroring program style stuff that I see with my daughter's right. school, I think is extraordinary. Now explain that to me a little bit more, well, audience, sure. a little bit more in depth. Just like anywhere in... The world, probably, you can find people that are ascending inside of an organization that are offering more than just somebody showing up, Mm -hmm. meaning that they're able to understand the concept of volunteerism, that they're understanding the value of being able to not only help themselves by doing something, but thereby help somebody else because they are helping. Mm -hmm. And the students that are identified, in particular inside of my daughter's school, there is essentially a series of programs where these people are are recognized as peer mirrors. And that's exactly what they do is they develop, they show, they showcase programs and the, you want the people that are in the program that are not them yet to mirror what they're doing. So they're role models. It's better than role models because is it more interactive? It's way, it's, really it's, somebody it's, that you're it's just way watching. more interactive. It's a role model is typically doing something and then you'll witness that, And if you care at all about it, then you'll go and mirror that. What they're doing here is the program that they are either part of or fostering or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's a vested interest. And I don't I I don't know enough about the programs to know what the vested interest is, meaning do they get a semester extra time, blah, whatever. I don't I don't know what that is. Right. But it would there would have to be something because that's the incentive. Yeah. And I love it. I love it because what it does is it takes the late 16 into 17 into 18 year olds that really do care about people and gives them a platform to showcase the caring. And that is what's going to help us defeat way more gun problems. Yes, absolutely. Than trying to sequester guns, which again, it's out of the box. Let's... Exactly. Then you're just going to have some kids showing yeah. up with a, with a knife, which I'm quite sure they've probably had happen as well. If the murderous intent is there, if, if the lack yeah. of, of having a soul is there, then you're going to have that same yeah. problem. Yeah. For those of you that are curious, I mean, go to, go to a Google feed and look up murder weapon. And when you see murder weapon, go and look at some of the stories there. Anything that is sitting inside of this inside of this studio right now, I'll bet you a microphone somewhere. Oh yeah, there's some microphones I've held in my hand. I could murder people with them. Oh yeah, without question. Right, without question. A bludgeon, anything can become a bludgeon very very quickly. Exactly. And you can't outlaw everything. You know no. why? Because London. That's why. Uh, exactly. Exactly. 
And the last part of the puzzle that I would say is at the same time that we are encouraging physical activity, let us begin to discourage living your life on social media. I am so proud. Uh, just today was spending time with my 12-year-old granddaughter, Dakota. Hi, Dakota. And we were talking, and I was asking her about social media. She just got her phone taken away because she got in trouble for stuff. Mm-hmm. Mine just got off a two-month suspension. Oh, okay. But what I'm so proud of her is that I asked her about social media and whether she thought it was good or a bad thing. And she said that she thought that it was bad, and she recognized, as a 12-year-old, the things that we're talking about right now, the, the social isolation, the bullying, that the, the, there's just not a lot of good involved in it. Mm-hmm. Also, there's um, I remember there was a story that I referenced a while back, and it was a teenager who broke her phone. She wasn't in trouble. She broke her phone. Something had happened. And it was a while until she was going to get another phone. So she... Wasn't on the phone for the first three, four days. Yeah, she definitely had some uh, harsh reactions. Mm -hmm. But after about, she noticed something after about the sixth or seventh day, it was kind of a relief. She started to realize that being on, having a, a, a smartphone was like a damn job. She always had to be reacting to things and tagging things mm-hmm. and being a part of this and being a part of that. And when the time came for her to get a smartphone and her mom went to her, she said, no, I, I'll just have a flip phone. That's fine. Well, mom thought it was kind of weird, but okay, fine. Cut to the story, like six months later, and she says, the thing that I realized is that out of my peer group, I'm the last one to know anything, but that's okay. I, I don't mind. So I would love to know how many kids uh, out of a percentage of uh, phone owners are ending up with that same type of mentality. I, I, just, I love hearing it from, from my, my 12-year-old granddaughter. I think that's spectacular. One of the things that I noticed almost instantaneously when and it, it it was it was two months because it was a very heated argument which i don't mm. which i don't care for right more importantly i don't i don't my daughter has been with able your, to figure out the button wife. pushing what's that with you or your wife or all of you both of you uh it was more me and my daughter oh, okay bottom line is that she's doing things with and on her phone that she's not supposed to be doing gotcha. period gotcha. paragraph right and rather than getting the week or a couple weeks off mm-hmm. it was time to be lippy and Ooh. I don't do lippy well. Right. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, a week off your phone. Uh, you, you have to follow the rules. Well, I don't want to follow the rules. Oh, okay, well, how about two weeks? Well, I don't want to be off my phone for two weeks. No problem. How about three weeks? And it just continued to escalate until we got to five weeks. And I go, honey, five weeks? That's right after Valentine's Day. <laughs> so were, were you looking forward to taking pictures of you and your boyfriend or... What, you know, just making sure. But I don't know. Okay, no problem. Six weeks. <laughs> she and doesn't, then, what, she and doesn't then, learn. Well, <laughs> then, then it started getting raucous. And I finally just said, okay, I'll tell you what, two months. My birthday. How about we'll make my birthday the day that you get your phone back? How about them apples? The, the best part was that, again, thanks to screen time, uh, a wonderful program that everybody should have, or an app that everybody should have. Mm hmm. You can literally designate where and when she will access or not. I told my oldest daughter about that. I don't know if she's done with her son yet or not. Yeah. And again, that it makes it an incentive based thing. Like you can establish tasks, whether it's something as remedial as go clean your room, you get Mm -hmm. 15 extra minutes or go put on uh, photos on each of the cats, Instagram, Instagram accounts. 
and then you get 15 more minutes. You can establish things like that, and now it becomes a task and the seeds of a job, mm-hmm. which is what I, if she's going to grab and, and, and glean something from social media, I would definitively like it to be more job-based. Yeah, that's actually, to, that is a really smart thing. Time to dick around and watch boob jokes. Exactly. Find something worthwhile on yeah, this thing. Yeah, So, I, again, total kudos to screen time, but more importantly, kudos to my daughter that, you know, you finally got it. Yeah. You, you, you did not like the time you were off. You definitively did not like that uh, we just sat and traded, and unfortunately, you had nothing to trade. <laughs> <laughs> just time, kid. Just time, kid. That's all weeks. you got. <laughs> I got time, and you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the other component, it's something I've recognized, too. My workplace recently went to a secure workplace, meaning you don't just have a cell phone on you anymore. Right. And what I found was definitive solace in not having a cell phone on you every single moment of your waking life. I understand exactly where you're coming from with that. I, I do get that. The the being able to sit and focus on any number of things. It's almost like the old days. It, it reminds me very much of that, where there can be an entire task, and rather than having to pay attention to either a vibration or a tone that's said or whatever the hell else is going on, right? all of that disappears out the window. You don't have to worry about it because it's not there. Yeah. Uh, eventually, we're going to get there where there are not no phone zones, but something something where there is a, there's a casual want to not be tethered every single waking minute of your life. I would so love to see that actually and turn I, into a trend. Yeah, I, I don't know when it's going to happen, and I know that people are just so jacked in to everything, everywhere, all the time now, that right. it's very difficult to do that. If nothing else, screen time will probably have to be something like that, where you can go, okay, our family will not be on the internet from insert a clock to insert a clock. And it doesn't mean you have to spend the time together. It just means you have to spend your time elsewhere other than right. jacked into the internet exactly. somehow. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It, it's weirdly enough, it, it, pointing out to that lifestyle, there's 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 two words now that have popped up once again in the lexicon. Mm-hmm. JOMO and FOMO. Do you have mm. any idea what those either of those are? JOMO and FOMO. No, why don't you enlighten me, Wade? <laughs> FOMO was the one that we were just talking about, that, that people have constantly being jacked into their their phones or, or lifestyle, whatever. FOMO stands for fear of missing out. Okay. Well, guess what has sprang up for people that don't really care? JOMO, joy of missing out. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. The, 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 I think the bottom line, especially about the self-awareness component, it's, it's a matter of built-in achievement philosophy that is innate by how many status updates and whatever program you have over the course of a period of time or not. Yeah. And what I've noticed incredibly, I mean, like it's probably 10 to one is that I do not have four and five different status updates a day because I don't have my phone on me. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't care. It doesn't mean I'm experiencing less life. It just means I'm not taking the opportunity to sit and dialogue every single waking moment of my life. That's kind of awesome that you realize that doesn't need to be a component right. of your life. And that's what we get back, yeah. need to get back to teaching these kids. That's what I've got. Do you have anything that you can be poking holes in? For, for your gun control, is it, a, is, it the, is it the person or is it the tool? Yeah. Well. Because you've kind of been doing it as we've been going along. So it might be kind of redundant at this point. I would say that probably even the most ardent, zealous 
gun carrier uh-huh. can learn something. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just like anything else in life. You might think you know a lot, but you do not know it all. And it doesn't mean you have to know everything, but just know that there's something else to learn. But we're looking at this from a different perspective, though. The mm-hmm. whole idea of this topic today was to approach it from stopping the school shoot, protecting the kids that are already out there, mm-hmm. and stopping the student from turning into yeah. a shooter. So yeah. it, it's well, not the seasoned gun owner. It's the kids that are well, out there. Right. Well, where I was going was this. is Now if you take it in the other direction and go, I am the most ardent, I hate gun nut. Yeah. Meaning you you don't like firearms, you don't want any part of firearms, you don't want your children touching guns, right? You don't ever want to see a bullet, you don't ever, none of it, right? I don't you know I don't watch movies with guns, bullshit. Right. <laughs> uh, if if you are that person, all I can tell you is that just like the person that's the most ardent gun nut, uh-huh. they're always going to learn something. As should you, right? It doesn't mean that because you learn something about a firearm or a weaponry or ammunition or. The, the traits of people who carry guns, whatever. Right. It doesn't mean that you now don't hate guns. It means that you've learned something, which is right. the whole freaking point. Yeah, I, I'm quite sure that you and I have both seen the videos on YouTube or Facebook or, or whatever where they, they take the people who are just hardcore liberals and take them out on a shooting range and they shoot a gun for the first time. And a lot of them, their, their reaction is actually quite positive. The, Not only the is boogeyman it, is gone. Right. Not only is it positive, there's, there's almost a leaning literally into the gun. Mm-hmm. It, there's a, you, you can watch this happen on any one of a number of YouTube channels. I don't have to tell you any of them because you can go and watch it all. Right. Go and go and see uh, gun hater or NRA haters first time. Right. Uh, at a gun range yeah. anywhere on YouTube, and you're going to see it. And, and without question, what happens is there's somebody that's incredibly instructed that also can instruct uh-huh. that goes and offers. I will take anybody that hates guns and or the NRA or fears guns uh-huh. to the range. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how to handle the weapon appropriately. And I'm going to show you how to fire the weapon appropriately. And after we're done, we're just going to go our separate ways and everything will be just fine. I promise. And not so strangely, they'll get over that first hump of maybe holding the gun or maybe having the, the gun or rifle mm-hmm. rifles, ones that I can think of that are the most entertaining. Usually, Yeah. Because they're they're the easiest to shoot, right? I mean, literally, you you grab it, and just about everybody, even the people that hate guns, they know how to hold a rifle. You know why? Because that's what people do, right? And you hold the rifle and you shoot it, and then there's the first couple that might be uncomfortable, and then there's every single other one where there's a giant smile on their face. Yeah, and it's not the smile of oh my god, I'm the devil. No, it's not the smile of oh my god, I'm going to become the next school shooter. It's the smile of Damn, that was entertaining. That was cool. And that's kind of what I'm talking about yeah. is that there's a, imagine now if not only you, but everybody inside of your family could experience that yeah. anytime that you wanted. That's what I'm talking about. Right, right. And th- th- that's all out there for the taking. Yeah. It's, it's all available out there. It's a matter of understanding your perspective and choosing whether or not you're going to incorporate anything else. Absolutely. Folks, I hope that you enjoyed this topic as much as we did. I know that it was controversial. Absolutely. We would love to hear back from you. Go to wadesense.com. Leave us your notes. Leave us your ideas mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. another show. Yeah. We are going to go to break. We will be right back. Stick around for more Wade Sense. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Corps. 
The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with the Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. The Two Guys Talking Podcast Bug, a truly original autonomous mobile recording solution. Get bit by the podcast bug www.podcastbug.com And we are back. Our favorite time waster, probably your favorite time waster as well if you're paying or not paying attention, is YouTubery. My selection for this week, my first selection is from Prager University, which, like I said, I love. No the- way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. imagine that. That's amazing. I, I, look, five minutes and fifty-one seconds, and you get a great lesson on a number of topics. Like <laughs> right, I said, right. I think it's perfect bite size. Okay. Anyway, this one was titled "The Left Ruins Everything." No, that can't possibly be coming from me. He lays out a really good five points as to what is actually being ruined every single time by. The left, and it, it it is the left. It's it's not liberals. It's it's, it's you could say it's the progressives, but I, I I hate giving it that kind of of hope and and false information because it's not. It's taking us backwards. Perfect example here, and this is the one that I find the most egregious, is the University of Pennsylvania. They took down the picture of the greatest writer in all of history. Who's they, that? William Shakespeare. Shakespeare, okay. Yeah, they took it down. What what misogyny did William Shakespeare commit? Just being a white male, apparently, because they replaced his picture. You and I are screwed. Yeah, they replaced his picture. I can't remember. I should have wrote down her name, but I was (laughs) incensed at this. Uh, They replaced his picture with a black lesbian poet. Oh, Right, and of if, I, they if I told you the name, it wouldn't, and probably next to nobody's going to know who she is. I mean, give her your due, young uh, ma'am, but you're not replacing William Shakespeare. I've never read a play, and I can give you a couple of Shakespearean quotes. <laughs> Matter of fact, you'll, you'll you'll love this one if you ever are talking to somebody and they find like try this one on, on Jade sometime. If she is trying to uh, uh, just deny something too vociferously. Look at her and say, "Methinks thou doth protest too much." Mm-hmm. I don't know which play it is from, but that is a Shakespearean quote. Mm-hmm. Anyway, pass it on to your kid. The other one um, out of this example, I, please go over and look at. Like I said, it's five minutes, fifty-one seconds long. 
In the Guggenheim Museum, there is a solid gold working toilet that they encourage the public to use. Mm -hmm. Art, ruining art. Art used to be about beauty and expressing something, and now it's all about shock value. Mm -hmm. Which, why? What, What is the point of that? I can see that being part of it. Anyway, this is a solid gold toilet that they encourage the public to use. And what plaque is right over the toilet? America. So, hey, come on in and take a dump on America. Take a dump on America. Mm, and I, 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 I want to know and I don't want to know if this is something that was publicly funded. Because my feeling is this. If, in, in, in this regard, if you have nothing nice to say, find the money yourself. So there's other examples as well. Go on over and take a look at it. Mike, your pick? I have an interesting pick. Uh, this last... You always do, sir. Two weeks ago, we had Captain Marvel come out mm-hmm. inside of the cone of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. Yes. And I've gone back to see it a couple of times. The first time was with my family and uh, a family friend, Mr. Kip Lewis, okay. who is uber Mr. Comic Book guy. We have him on a lot of the other programs that, that I'm featured on. Mm-hmm. And then the second time, it was just he and I that went. Okay. I, I think what I what I discern from the movie, without spoiling anything at all, mm-hmm. is it is a movie where there is a super person doing things. Right. That's it. That's all you gathered. There was nothing special. I, I got nothing, man. Mm. And I, I am a professional entertainment critic. Yes. I should yes. have something more than just that. <laughs> And that, We're not publishing that, sir. That was lousy. You can do better than that. Go back and watch it again. That, that's what bothered me the most about it. There's some other things that I can pick on, like right. Nick Fury, you know, the mighty Nick Fury, is kind of a secondhand cop buddy asshat inside mm. the movie, which wow. is not the guy I want to see Mace Windu as inside of a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. No. I just I, I paint that with some of the other stuff that was... Like, I don't know anything about her powers. Right. At all. Like, I don't, like, somebody goes, hey, what does what does Captain Marvel, the one that's featured inside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. rather than the other one, what what are her superpowers? And I, I couldn't tell you before we went and saw the movie. Now I can tell you some of the things that she does in the movie, mm-hmm. but I, her superpowers are apparently she can absorb energy. Okay. Okay. I get that. And how do you, uh, one of the things inside of just about anything, whether it's comic book movie or not, is when in doubt, don't tell me, show me. Right. Okay, well, that never happened. What about the whole fire in the eyes? I remember seeing that previously. Right, but what, that doesn't then mean that she doesn't oh, do she anything absorbs- with the fire in the eyes? No. They don't shoot out or anything? No. Wow, that's a waste no, of fire, no fire in the eyes. No fire in eyes shooting out, no. That's a waste of fire in the eyes. And the. Uh, anyway, the, the 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 reason I'm telling you this is there there's a, a wonderful review by a gentleman named Mark Bernardin. Mm-hmm. And Mark Bernardin is a writer, screenplay writer, wannabe director, and also podcast host of the Kevin Smith podcast. Oh, okay. Which is uh, he has a variety of them, but one of them is uh, Fat Man on Bat or Fat Man Beyond is now what it's called. Oh, okay. It used to be Fat Man on Batman. Ah. And now it's called Fat Man Beyond. All right. And it's he and Mark talking about the the cone of pop culture skewing into comic bookdom. Okay. And this review, however, is just him. And I like that it's just him 
because he infinitely skews outside of the I must use the F word and refer to fellatio every single other sentence. Okay. And I enjoy that. I, right. I enjoy that he, he he steps inside of a more professional box when Kevin Smith isn't around him. Yeah. It's something that I, I, I like a lot of what Kevin Smith says. I just don't like how he dresses what he says often. I understand that. And what I've shared that with a couple of other friends of mine that are pretty deeply devoted to Kevin Smith, and they go, "Well, right, but he's fostering toward his audience." And I'm like, "I don't, I don't disagree with that." Right. But I'm telling you that how many more people could listen to him and or things that he said without there being the shock value of talking about ejaculation coming down his face? Right. Because exactly. I know I, I, I think after the first two or three times he refers to it, yeah. I think I got it. Right. Pretty sure. It's kind of like potty humor. It just gr- it, it grinds on me real fast. It's it's it it's when someone goes back to the well on on jokes that th- they are striking. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. If you've never heard somebody refer to enjoying something that much that that has either happened or it feels like that. Right. Okay. I think I understand the quirky humor of it being used. Right. And hey, it's another episode where it was used four or five times again. And wait, in the next episode, here it is again. And I just, I, I don't, I don't get that. No, I don't. Especially either. knowing how intelligent both of them are. Right. I think it instantly undermines the argument of I have something salient that I want to tell you. You're pandering to the lowest element of your audience. Right. And I just, I, I, I put all of it on the scale, and I want to hear way more of what both of them think about films and the making of films and the the concept and writing of what was on the page about stupid comic book characters that's now been turned into something that has become a multi-million dollar industry, multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I really appreciated about his review, which is where we're going here, is okay. Mark Bernardin's single review of Captain Marvel the movie. Okay. Because he paints almost word for word what I'm thinking, as well as, which I absolutely love about Mark Bernardin, he gives you options. So he doesn't just go, you know, I hated the part when blah, 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 blah. What if you, and then he gives you an entire solution where if someone in a writing room would have just accidentally heard something like that, imagine how more robust the film would have been. I just see so many examples of that in, in, in movies today, whether it's the comic book genre or what. It's like people don't bother to think the next step. It's just, it's all like, okay, we're writing this scene and then these are going to be the special effects. It's like, put more depth into yeah. it. Yeah. And, and that's what's missing. There There is definitive depth missing inside of the mcu's captain marvel film because don't you love watching a movie that is intricate enough that you really feel like you need to watch it a second and third time to pick up on stuff that you missed as opposed to just all being in your face that's one of the brilliant pieces i don't think my dad ever bought on it before he bought off on it before he died but Hmm. the neat part about what happens inside of a mcu marvel cinematic universe film is that very often they are somehow puzzle pieced into other films that may have nothing to do with those characters right and it's a piece of fabric of this tale that's mm-hmm. being told that eventually either comes around full circle or because you've seen another movie, you now have a component of what's going to happen inside of a future film or a, 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 an offshoot film that happens three or four movies later. Okay. Because you saw something previously, it now means something not completely different, but it has a different, uh, a different flavor okay. or an augment. And that, that's what makes it so robust. It's that depth you're talking about. Yeah. Where it's not just, okay, time to start the movie. Okay, we're 25 minutes in. It's time for a love scene. Okay, it's time for some action. Just formulate okay. to just beat, the, right. beat that horse to death. And I hate that. It's one, yeah. of the, one of the terrible natures of still somehow having the freaking Hallmark channel inside of my cable package at home. <laughs> Is that I can come home and without question 
one of six movies will be showing on there, and my wife is in front of the TV watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should sneak that out without yeah. telling her. Whoops. Sorry about that. Oh, the, the other, uh, it's in the same vein. Uh-huh. Uh, I've, I've been coming home lately, and I've been hearing strange voices, especially in our bedroom. Okay. Speaking different languages. I'm like, hmm, what's going on in here? And instead of walking in to see my wife with some foreign lover, uh-huh. it's my wife who has now found... Polish, Spanish, and Hungarian feature films inside of the Netflix cone. Well, I guess that's even easier for her. She's not even distracted by voices. She's right, just reading subtitles. Captions, right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I just know that my daughter's probably not getting anything from any listening to any of that. Because <laughs> if she's just running around doing her, doing her thing inside of the house, all she's right. hearing is one of those three different languages. <laughs> anyway, I've, I, I thought that was funny. Most the most funny because again for those that have forgotten my wife is deaf yeah. and so that it is all in polish doesn't make any difference Not to her because least. it's all in english to her. <laughs> they're probably good films if you know you don't have to get past the voices yeah yeah okay uh my other pick is baboons kidnap and raise uh, feral dogs as pets wow i know it's and i'm watching the video it's it's just two minutes and 57 seconds long mm-hmm. by a ali schuyler it shows the baboons uh Literally walking up to a, a litter of uh, wild pups and dragging the dogs away back to uh, their pack, hmm. and they're not real gentle about it. They're they're, they're baboons. Grabbing them, sure, right, exactly. But they actually have gotten. But now they don't eat them. No, no, they don't okay. eat them. They okay. they raise them. They feed them. They they actually domesticate them after what? a fashion mm-hmm. to the point where the dogs become a part of the pack. They even go so far. As to groom them, and in any kind of a monkey pack, a uh, monkey troop or whatever, that that's about as, as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. But what they they use the dog, the dogs are are being uh, used as guard dogs to alert them if other dogs try and come into the or other uh, monkeys try and come into the pack. Other baboons, excuse me. I just thought it was extremely fascinating. I actually went looking for one that had to do with orangutans doing the exact same thing, but apparently baboons as well. And this was, uh, I believe, seven years old, so it's. <laughs> Not that new. It's definitely worth going over and taking a look at. Mm. Mike? My second pick this time has got to do with Giddy Lee. Do you know who Giddy Lee is? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For those that aren't familiar, Giddy Lee is the bass player, keyboard player, vocalist for the now recently retired rock group Rush. They're retired? Yeah, they're done. Oh, wow. Yeah. God, I feel old. They're all quitting. (laughs) Well, no, they're not all quitting. Uh, Neil Peart, who is the drummer. No, I'm talking about of bands because you just oh. got Kiss calling it quits oh. and you just got, yeah. Kiss a... calling it quits for what, the 30th time now? Whatever. Are they really? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, They've okay. had a lot of farewell tours, my friend, I think. Mm. Anyway, I am, I would put myself into the cone of a Rush fan. Okay. I don't know every song. I don't know every album. I don't no. know every single song ever created by Rush. But the ones that I am a fan of, I am definitively a fan of without mm-hmm. question. And inside of an interview that Giddy Lee had recently on Sirius XM, which is the video that I'm referring to, it's Giddy Lee discusses the way Rush ended. It's very, very well put. And I think what I've always appreciated about him is that there is a, it's very much like many people that you think, you know, because they are insert whatever they are in life. Jocko is another sample where, oh, okay, likes guns, likes to command people. Okay, I think I got it. You don't got it. No, you don't got it. And Giddy Lee is another one of those where he's not just a guy that gets up in front of a microphone and slaps a bass and makes kick-ass music. I've always thought that Rush was a very, very intellectual band. 
dude with it, it's one of the misnomers I think of Rush is that everyone thinks that they were just and are just a rock band when there's so much more. If you listen around. to Twenty One Twelve and all you come up is just just a rock album, just go away. It, it's amazing the any introspective that you can ever go and view, and I, I've I've seen a number of them on YouTube. I, I can't name them because I haven't seen them in years. Mm-hmm. But any introspective where you actually learn something about who they are and who they have been, I would find that fascinating. Is amazing because uh, again, Neil Peart, the drummer, is I think one of the perfect samples of. It's not just a dude that takes sticks and bangs on things. Not looking at that drum kit. No. It's it's not at all. And whenever you can say the words, he relearned how to drum. And it's not that he relearned how to drum because he had a stroke or something. It's that he just chose to relearn a different way to be drumming. Like Tiger Woods did with golf. He just chose to relearn. <sighs> And I don't, I don't have the words to express my admiration for something like that because I, oh, yeah. I don't know that I can fathom it. No, I can't. I, I can't. I can't put my head around. And now I'm going to relearn how to podcast quick. I don't know how to resolve that. Right. Anyway, it's a very short interview. It's only three minutes and forty six minutes. It's half the time you've now spent to me blathering about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's excellent, and it gives you a just one of many great interviews of Giddy Lee that is terribly off the cuff, terribly truthful, and. All the world is indeed a stage. Dummy Codes is something that just continues to grow and grow because it, it, it usually it, it's so hard to stop at just one. But Dummy Codes is an idea that I had where it was all about protecting us from the stupidity of other people. Laws that were put in place. Dummy Codes. My dummy code pick for this episode is on Media Matters, who is just this out-of-control monster and another one of the George Soros-funded monsters on, on top of that, that they're, they're definitely biased. And it is all about crushing anything that they don't want to hear of a conservative bent. This particular instance, the dummy code that I'm issuing is Joe Rogan had done an interview with Alex Jones of InfoWars. Mm-hmm. And without a doubt, another one of those acquired tastes. I would actually love to meet the guy because he seems beyond fascinating. Not quite so much into a lot of his uh, conspiracy theories, but nonetheless, he has a right and he has a place, especially once again, if you get back to believing that that, that the First Amendment is sacrosanct, he should be able to be out there as well. This particular dummy code goes against Media Matters because... Joe Rogan had a one-hour interview with Alex Jones. They didn't like that. They shut down the channel. The channel was called Free Speech. They shut it down within hours of a complaint from Media Matters to YouTube. A duh. They're just silencing him. They mm-hmm. so silenced Alex Jones that within 48 hours he was kicked off every major platform. And anybody to this day that even brings his name up gets that uh, episode or, or, or YouTube or whatever booted off. I, I'm absolutely stunned that – I know that Soros is not an American, but I'm sick and tired of him constantly meddling in affairs that are American. If you don't like what someone says, then, then, then keep it to yourself and go affect something else. But YouTube is watched by millions, hundreds of millions of people, and your little organization, Media Matters, is just this monster that must be stopped. There's a piece of your component there, and the word you were looking for was deplatformed. It's what did I say? Well, 
taken off the platform. But, but you're right, deplatformed. The, the, yes, the, the verb now can be yes, used exactly. because it happened. He was deplatformed, and it, did you see the story? I've, I've I've seen not only the story, but I've not this story, but a number of other stories. I can say, but I've also link. I've also seen uh, cuts because I can't I can't deal with. Uh, Infowars guy more than maybe exactly maybe a snippet that they'll show inside of a Joe Rogan podcast. Michael snippet. Savage is the same way. I appreciate the guy's brains. I can take five minutes. I don't know that I can do five minutes of Alex Jones. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough, dude. Especially when he's way out there, like oh, it's just, you're watching the veins of his forehead yeah, pop. I, I can't deal with it. My uh, my dummy code goes to an Arby's manager oh. who recently didn't care for being spat on. Which hey, who the hell likes being spat on, right? Yeah. Well, that doesn't then give you the right to go murder them with your handgun that is not licensed. Wow. Yeah. So Delana Young, 25, killed a man after getting into an altercation in an Arby's restaurant. An Oklahoma Arby's manager has been arrested after shooting and killing a customer she'd gotten into an argument with, police say. We just got done talking about all kinds of all kick-ass gun awesome right this is the piece of not so gun awesome this is someone that was able to get a hold of a 45 caliber handgun without a license who then shot a dude once in the torso and unfortunately regardless of what you see inside the movies one shot's all it takes yeah it doesn't mean that he was instantly dead it doesn't mean that he died instantly probably bled out real fast it means that he's dead. Exactly. And he was killed by a handgun, in this case, a handgun that was illegally acquired. Mm-hmm. And two lives, at least, ruined mm-hmm. because of a dummy code. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more dummy code, and that is to Fox News for tossing off Judge Janine Pirro, who had a show on Fox News. And it was commentary opinion like everything else that Fox News has. Mm-hmm. And her opinion on something, her comments on something, were about Representative Ilhan Omar, who is one of two uh, Muslim members that are on Congress and has lately been saying a lot of very anti-Semitic things uh, and just basically getting away with murder. Mm -hmm. And Judge came on and she said, and I don't think that she should have been chastised by this. I think that she had every right to uh, question uh, Ilhan Omar's allegiance. And she said that. She said, I'm questioning her allegiance to the Constitution or to Sharia law. Care went apeshit and Fox News did. They said, we absolutely unequivocally do not back anything that the judges said. And they booted her off the air. She said something that was rooted in truth. And that is that Ilhan Omar very publicly took her oath of office on the Quran instead of the Bible, okay? The Quran has its own code of law, Sharia law. And if you read Sharia law, it runs absolutely counter to a great most, to most of our Constitution. The things that Ilhan Omar had said, the things that she's been caught doing, the judge had every right to say this. There's truth based in her statement. Right. She also can... And has now said whatever she wants, wherever she wants. And unfortunately, like so many other things, she's paid the consequences for saying so. It's But that's where I'm getting at is that how? How did we get to this point when is it illegal, says something? Is it illegal to, and this is the question, is it illegal to have a copy of the Quran to be sworn in on? And if the answer is no, it is not illegal, then there's nothing else to talk about. 
But what if your actions are showing that you are upholding the Quran and not the Constitution? Are you meaning to tell me that every single politician on planet Earth that lies shouldn't be a politician? No, but we're going to have a real short conversation. In. Yeah, but that's where perjury comes in is if you do something that runs counter to the Constitution or you lie. You, you take an oath and you lie about it. I, well, and I, again, I got to tell you, if we go and dig into just about every single politician from probably every single vein of government, yeah, we're going to find someone that has either lied or said something that they knew was not true so as to step forward inside of an agenda. I just think that there has got to be some way to protect people for telling the truth. If you find it offensive, tough. There should be a law against someone losing their livelihood, getting I don't know. It's, booted off, it, it's where, deplatformed. So, somewhere inside of the cone of what Bill Maher is able to pull off and say Because is, Bill Maher is a lefty. He's protected by the left. He's protected no, by the media. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Mostly because in, right after 9-11, mm-hmm. guess who got thrown off? And terribly so. And all he was referring to is that we are cowards because we strike from afar with missiles. That was not a reason to get rid of Bill Maher, even though I, I don't, again, I don't agree with Bill Maher across, I don't know, 80, 90% of what he says. Right. But he does make me think. Yeah. And to toss and I, him And we both off, like him for that, yeah. Yeah. And to toss him off for what he was tossed off for was not right. It, it's not. And what was there was the fervor of 9-11 that instantly blew him out of the water. Right. Ironically talking about uh, about America shooting off long-range strategic missiles mm-hmm. rather than actually going in and quote fighting and he lived with it he he took it terribly and then he rose like a phoenix from the ashes regardless of which side you you want to paint yeah yeah i'll give and you that he so definitely somehow did it. somehow inside of his platform he is able to not just skirt but really step on lots of things that i wouldn't say i hold dear but that i definitively hold right so what's the answer I don't know, maybe maybe actually establishing a segment inside of her now non-existent program that is officially an opinion piece. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that probably would have been he, she would have been at least insulated. Yeah, Bill's Bill's program if he still has it, I'm certain that he does where he has new rules. Yeah. And the new rules is where he says something that is almost always not only pointed but inflammatory. Yeah. Yeah. And it's done intentionally as a waft/joke of a professional stand-up comedian who is utilizing very pointed, topical, political satire to fuel an entire segment. Usually, I think there's probably 10 or 12 different pieces of each of those segments that are all, they're all very quick hitting, but they are, they are very gouging. Yeah. Uh, I've seen things that are just, ha 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 Honestly, to the... The instant guffaw shock moments, all of it. I just think we're getting to the point where it's going to be that some people are going to have to come forward and create a platform, another one that um, is has principles in it, and that is that uh, there, there's no censorship. At least to the, people aren't being people won't be deplatformed like this one just because they go contrary to uh, what the, the expected narrative is. Yeah. People, we would absolutely we would love to hear your opinion on this and other demi codes. Please send them our way. Go to wadesense.com. Thanks. Wisdom of the Ages was one of the first ideas that I had that I wanted to really leave a stamp in the country. I, I had this idea of these water cooler moments where people would hear something and then be talking about it the next day. And this particular instance, 
I've, I've, I've found that, especially studying history, that when you see something that's happened in the past, you can find examples of it in the present. My particular pick today is chillingly so. If you want to know who controls you, look at who you were not allowed to criticize. That was Voltaire. He lived between 1694 and 1778. Think about how far back that was. And think of how, where we are now today. You can't say certain things, but who is stopping you? Well, you, you are stopping you. Or at least that's the theory. No, because it's, it's, it's just like... Judge Pirro didn't that, regulate, and look what happened. Yeah. Ugh. Now, it sucks that you'd have to somehow, and again, I don't know enough of the functionality of how Fox News works, mm. but it sucks that you'd have to put out essentially a disclaimer note that what I'm about to say is could be considered offensive by some people, but it is the truth. Colon. And now I will give you what I'm going to say. It's terrible that we have to try and function like that. Yeah. Especially inside of what I... I look at Fox News as almost all opinion slanted in a in a <clears> cone <throat> of what I traditionally believe to support. So if that's the case, would you look at other major news agencies as also all just opinion? Absolutely. Okay, so there yeah, really the, is the just true, no the true pure news out there. The true conveyance of news is a lost art outright. Yeah. It's, I, I would love to find the outlet. I know that there are some that claim it. I, I don't know enough about any of them to say, and that's the one you need to go to, because it's, it's too easy to slant. Right. The, the whole no-spin zone concept is not only long gone, it has been long gone. I wish there was some way I could perfect that. I, I really do. I went back and was listening to Measuring the Media, and it, it just it still seems like a concept that would work. Do you have a pick for Wisdom of the Ages? I do. I do. Mine comes from an anonymous source, and I thought it was terribly relevant. Okay. A blind person who sees is better than a sighted person who is blind. A blind person that sees is better than a sighted person who is blind? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, I understood. And I love that mostly because it really is about perspective. If, mm-hmm. For those of you that are curious, if you if you feel like this last week across work or school or just your life has gone very, very difficult... What I would invite you to do is to cover your eyes because covering your eyes, I'm not talking about with your hands, go get, go in, go get and or make a blindfold Okay. and just sit with a blindfold on for five minutes and then carefully stand up and try navigating your life with a blindfold on Hmm. and then realize how many good things are actually in your life that you really haven't ever taken the time to think about or experience, or give even five freaking minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because this saying is so, it's not It's not just eloquent, it's apt. Yeah. The, the ability to understand a completely different perspective is literally minutes away with a piece of fabric. That's crazy. Yeah. You can perform that type of experiment, that, that type of deep experiment. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, I think that Mike and I gave two pretty decent examples of wisdom that is absolutely timeless. We would love to know examples that you've found in your life and that you would love yeah, to share. Please yeah. go to wadesense.com. Folks, we hope that you enjoyed listening to this just as much as we did recording it. And as always, remember, please, you can make excuses or you can have results, but you cannot have both. 
My name is Wade B. Olson, and this has been Wade Sense. TV show he was on SNL he did the news what was his name oh uh, Chevy Chase no oh uh, oh, 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 oh 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 um uh, rich comedian too no not rich no it's not the Sniglets guy it's no, the other guy with he was with great the too though I can't um, believe I can't remember his name yeah I can see his face and I cannot think he was in the movie The Net with Sundra Bullock I'll find it I can't believe I have to use that as a reference <laughs> that's a good movie Wait a minute. Rocket? Rocket? Really? Is he the guy that got booted off for saying... Uh, Dennis Miller. Oh, Dennis, Dennis Miller. Miller. Oh, my God. Okay. I would not know that. Are you kidding me? Do, 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 do. Go to the notes. Do, 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 do. Grant, I'm trying to talk. Did you just snort? Yes, I did. Awesome. <laughs> Hang on. <clears throat> to the notes.